There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Daja Kasubo probably swears like a sailor. When she wants to. We can too. When we want to. So if you're not a sailor, please listen at your discretion. Welcome to the Reading Circle Temple. I'm Molly. I'm Indy. I'm Brittany. And I'm Goodwin. And today we're talking about Chapter 12 of Daja's book. So grab your cup of coffee. Or tea. Or your drink of choice. Let's body slam a fire. This chapter starts with Rosethorn pacing because she's very upset because there are plants and trees that are dying, goddammit. Briar knows that she's about to do something crazy. And he's like, if you're going to do something crazy, I want to do it with you. She's like, no. And she basically magic bitch slaps him. Am I allowed to say that? Basically. She magic bitch slaps him and he like falls into the wall and collapses. And then Lark comes over and gives him something to drink. And she's like... This is Rosethorn on her dignity. She says, I'll help Rosethorn because I won't be hurt by it because I don't have a connection to green magic. You go help Triss and Nico and Sandry. So he does. At this point, the fire has encompassed the traders and Daja is down there with the caravan and the traders are all freaking the fuck out, reasonably so. Daja is really the only person who can save them. And she knows this. At least Polyam knows this as well. Polyam's like... Look, I know that they've been awful to you. We've been awful to you. It sucks to be on this side of traitor custom, but we've just been doing what we've always done. And it would be really awesome of you if you would help us, even though you have no reason to. Daja is really fighting these two sides. She's trying to decide, should I help them or not? Because they've been like shit to me. But she looks at the caravan and 
she sees her own family drowning in the ocean and she says, well, I wasn't able to save them, but maybe I can save these people. And she's not sure that she can do it, but she's willing to give it a try. So with the help of her friends, she gathers all of the fire into a single column, but she can't really hold on to it. Her friends start goading her and they're like, ah, just like a traitor, you're just, you're going to run, yada, yada, yada. So they want to make her angry to put down a root. So she's like, okay, fine. And she puts the fire into a crack in the ground and starts sending it into the ground. And once it's down there, Triss directs it down through the ground, uh, along through the hot springs that they traveled to before and all the way to the glacier. Daja continues to stuff the fire into the ground, stuff, stuff, stuff. Everybody else directs it to the glacier, and it melts the water in the glacier without starting a volcano. Woo, woo. And the water can flow into Gold Ridge and help them with their drought issues, and there's no more fire. In the meantime, Daja loses all of her clothes, and her staff melts, and the brass cap on it puddles around her hand and gets stuck to her hand. And she looks up, and the entire trader caravan has fallen prostrate before her. They say, we know what is owed. We will have your Trangxi status removed from the books. And you will be one of us. Basically, yes. Did I miss anything? Mm. She stepped into the fire and it filled her nose and her ears. She had fire everywhere. And uh, Tris had to put hooks of lightning into her heart to keep her in the world of living. She really yes. does almost get killed by this fire. Yeah. Yes. I think you forgot the most important part, which is where Dasha body slams uh, fire. <laughs> into we the did into mention the that. I mentioned that. I just didn't use the word body slam. It was a body slam. It was it was full on. She she took it in her arms, flipped it over her back, body slammed it into the ground. Part one is reading like a novice. This is where we talk about what we liked and we didn't like about the book. What I liked about this is how much foreshadowing there is just how tight this entire chapter is this entire book the way that Pierce has written it to lead up to this scene and everything that happens in it we have the tree needing to put down roots that connects back to how she needs to put down a root with the fire we have the glacier and the hot springs that leading up to how she directs the fire to the glacier to the hot springs we have the duality of her being a traitor and not being a traitor the pros and cons that come with both of those things in the way that her friends try to get her to put down roots the fact that the caravan says we will have your status wiped from the books and you will be one of us that has been led up to so much in this book which I did not notice at all the first time I read this the first couple of times I read this but this time I think because we were reading so deeply I just went oh hey 
foreshadowing, 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 foreshadowing. She just does an absolutely fantastic job of setting herself up for this climax. And I honestly think that that is part of the reason that this is one of the most beloved books in the series. The storytelling is just so tight. That said, there is one little part that I don't like, which is when Briar says, did you see the elephant? And I want to talk to the magistrate because somebody left an elephant loose in here. Every single time I read this, it kind of throws me out of the book. I thought about it for a long time. And I think it's because I have no precedent for a connection between Briar and elephants. I understand he's kind of deflecting and sort of trying to make a joke out of what's happened because that's what he does. But it's always bothered me that it's an elephant that he uses because it's just sort of random. Whereas I think if he had said wild horses or, oh, I think there's another earthquake coming. The fire is in here now. Something that we've already got a connection to him with that it would have been a better line and it would have come off as less weird felt weird to me too because when he hugs on to her it's like a sapling and then it turns into a tree and then out of nowhere elephant i guess elephant has a trunk like a tree i guess is the connection i don't know but i thought it was really weird too yeah yeah a line like that i think would have made more sense coming out of mark because she's like worked at a circus and you can make the connection yeah. that, you know elephants frequently exactly but like said briar doesn't have as far as i know any connection to any being around elephants at all i mean there were elephant thieves <laughs> <laughs> it's also possible that because he was learning the alphabet you might know what it is because of that but it's really weird and kind of jarring just because if i'm not mistaken like that's literally the only time an elephant is mentioned ever in like any of it it's the only so, an elephant in the entire series <laughs> yeah which which really makes it weird I think it could have been avoided with something as simple as a scene where he's working on reading and he's got the word elephant and he's like, what's an elephant? Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing to tether that to the text. So it is a little... It has no roots. (laughs) (laughs) One tiny blip in an otherwise amazing chapter. I'm going to be honest. That's half the reason I am Briar is because I try and make jokes and they just don't stick. (laughs) (laughs) When Mark calls Rose Thorn love. It is really cute. If anybody else were to call Rose Thorn love, they would get punched in the face. They would probably also be magically bitch slapped. Yeah, they would in fact. (laughs) And then my next one it's a really big passage. I haven't read passages out of the book in a while, so I will. <laughs> Yay! Let's go. Let's go, Let's go Brittany. Yay. Come on. Going back to my roots. That's what yeah. I Yeah. Hell yeah. She looked again at the caravan. This time she saw the faces of her own family, drowned long months ago. Chandrisa could have been her mother, the ride leader her father. For each adult and child, she could name one of the dead. Her brother, Unary, always trying to get out of work. Mean Aunt Pol Yeme, cousin Zeba, who loved to sing. Her little sister, only nine, in her first month aboard ship. Her grandmother, 73 and toothless, still cooking for their crew. 
All that thinking she did in a breath's time, all that memory, it raced through her like a speeding bird. Water she croaked. Polyam gave her a skin bottle. Dalji gulped a few mouthfuls down, then poured the rest over her face and head. She never had a chance to save Third Ship Kasubo. Maybe she couldn't save Tenth Caravan Itaram, but at least she could try. I really like the writing here. Um, I know in a lot of other books that I've read, people get rescued. And yeah, you sometimes you feel bad for the people that get rescued. But with this writing, the descriptions of each person feels super personal. And we all know people within our own lives that can fit these descriptions. And so with this passage, you want even more desperately for Daja to save these people because you know people like these. My last one is when her wooden staff uh, gets burnt and the cap melts. When I read that, I was like, oh man, her staff burnt away. And then uh, I was like, is she going to get another one? And if so, then how is she going to get one? Because she's Shang-Chi and nobody wants to talk to her because she's Shang-Chi. And then I got to the end of the chapter and I was like, man, I feel so dumb. Her staff burnt away. So that's signifying that she's not going to be Chung-Chi anymore. And now she's not Chung-Chi. And so I felt really dumb after. Oh, whoa. I, I, yeah. I did not, I did not get that until just now. Actually. Symbolism for the win. Yes. Uh, yeah. I read that and I was like, oh man, how she's going to miss that staff. That was her only connection to being part of her people. And now it's gone. I felt so bad for her. Then I got to the end of the chapter. I was like, she doesn't need it anymore because she's not Chang-Chi. I felt really dumb. I don't think I even caught the full symbolism there. So I I didn't catch it until the last read through I did. I was like, oh, that is beautifully done. This whole book is about foreshadowing. It's that last second, like, "Mm, let me just add a little bit more the whole book leading up to this chapter in the next is just fantastic like that is definitely one of those things that i genuinely love about this chapter is there's just so much resolution with that specific scene of them redirecting the fire and the fact that the entire caravan is like well we owe you Super big. Let's fix this. The war that's gone on with Andaja through the entire book of her kind of being like, I would give it all up to be a traitor again. And now she is. She has that choice of whether she wants to go with them or not. Yeah. And so... Once she said that she wanted to trade it off, and now is she going to? Yeah. It's kind of like a monkey's paw. Like, you make this wish... And you get it, and now you have to live with the consequences of that wish. I mean, there's pros and cons, obviously, but it's definitely that be careful what you wish for kind of concept. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's white collar that has, there's an episode where they talk about, I don't know if this is real or not, but they say, oh, there's a famous Chinese curse, which is like, may you get what you wish for. I don't know if that's a real thing, but yeah, that's definitely... Uh, I love the idea of it being a curse, though. It kind of is, though. You can wish for these things, but there there is always a downside. Even if the pros outweigh the cons, ultimately, there is still always a catch, no matter 
how you phrase it, no matter how you wish for it, no matter what you do, there's always a catch. I've said before that this arc with Daja reminds me of Tobias from Animorphs because he gets stuck as a hawk and then all he wants is to be human again. But when he actually has the chance to become human again, he realizes that that's not actually what he wants. The whole consequences for wishing about stuff seems to be like a pretty common cultural thing in general. I don't know if it's specific a Chinese curse, but there's always seems to be in different cultures uh, the whole be careful what you wish for thing. Yeah. It's like you said, there, yeah. there's always negatives to any positive, and especially if you don't like work for something, if you just like wish for it to happen, you're just not aware of all the other consequences that come along with that. Yeah. I genuinely do love the imagery of Daja in dealing and controlling the fire. I feel like that's a very symbolic thing, not just because it's her old life burning away, but because it's also rebirth. Like fire is definitely a huge symbolism of rebirth. A lot of the things that Rose Thorne has been saying is forests need to burn in order to continue thriving. I definitely feel like that's also a huge symbolism of her old life burning away. Being reborn in fire is not done well in many books. And I feel like the symbolism in this one where she is basically reborn fire, it's beautifully done. I also really do like the magical bitch slap. That whole section is highlighted. What is it, like the first eight paragraphs? The other one I really want to point out is when the entire caravan is in that position of submission towards Daja, and she's like, get up. I think the way it's written is before the reader realizes what is happening, it clicks with Daja. And she's like, oh shit, oh shit, this is not how I expected this to go. This is not what I really wanted. This is not, I completely understand what's happening now. And so with her just, you know, get up. I mean, it, get up. It's just, she's realizing the consequences of her actions before the reader does. And it's not done in a way to make you feel stupid which is the other thing I really like. It's beautifully done because of the fact that it's not written in a way where you as the reader feel like you're getting your hand held through the whole realization process. With Daja being a traitor for all her life, except for the past few months, the only thing I didn't really understand is before she even thought about saving them, he told herself, even if I do save them, that they're going to want to paint everything in yellow. And by the end of it, she realizes that she saved all their lives. So why would she have thought that they'd still paint everything in yellow when she grew up in this culture and she would know that saving a bunch of lives would? I think it's because that's not a very common thing. Yeah. It's been mentioned in previous chapters that, oh, well, if I was going to be made a traitor again, I'd have to do something really, really amazing like this one person who saved the entire caravan or something. We get that the incidents 
that allow for somebody to be made untrangshi, to be made a traitor again, mm-hmm. are incredibly rare. So mm-hmm. I think it's just she has long accepted this is not a possibility. This isn't something yeah. that's going to happen. I also feel like when she's like, oh, they're just going to paint everything and continue on with their lives. I feel like that thought process is more of why should I do this rather than thinking about what could come if she succeeds. It's a why should I because this is all they're going to do. This is I will forever be this. Why should I even bother trying to change anything? And I got that, but I just, I don't know. Part of me thinks that there would be just like a little speck somewhere be her thinking, oh, this could maybe possibly be something that could help me not be Trunk-Shi anymore. Growing up in that culture, you would think that she would think that. At, at some point, I don't know, unless things were going so chaotically that she didn't have a chance to think that is the only thing that I could think of for her that's, to not think that. that. That's exactly what I was going to say. Like, she's in a really hectic situation where what she thinks of that. I think she just, like, had this very pessimistic view of these people anyways. And with the fire coming up and being trapped, I think she just didn't consider that there would be any positive net outcome for that she just thought like oh even if i do help these people like they're still going to be jerks to me anyways i've been jerks before and i think the idea of not becoming trunk she had even crossed her mind at that point yeah because I, I i don't remember if it's specified earlier in the book but it sounded like someone becoming a traitor again was like so exceedingly rare that it only happened like twice or something yeah so it, it, i think she didn't even consider that i think she just kind of wanted to make it out herself too and polyam maybe and then the rest of the caravan just from the way they're acting and she didn't have a personal relationship with any of them other than Pollyanne just didn't feel particularly like, like that saving them and getting something good out of it was an option. That makes sense. I, I also feel like she was preparing to die there in a way because of the fact that it did look so hopeless. I, um, I don't know if she was, expecting to die because she knows that sire doesn't hurt her so i think she was maybe more preparing herself watching get a whole nother crew die in front of her eyes just like with her family i I think she knew that she would have survived i think she was preparing herself more to watch other people die or get the hell out of there and not watch it yeah whatever she decided yeah i think she may have also been giving herself an out Like, I have no reason I don't owe these people anything, especially since she comes from a culture where debts are a major part of everything. So she's thinking to herself, I have no reason to save them. I don't owe them anything. Yeah, I'm already Chung-Shi. What are they going to make me? Super Chung-Shi? Yeah, basically. But she decides to do it anyway without owing them anything. And I think that's what really makes Daja who she is. Yeah. Yeah. And that was kind of leading to one of my lights was Daja's tenacity throughout this entire chapter. Even though she was facing the possibility of dying there and for these people that may not even give her the time of day afterwards, she was still willing to try. Like it took her a little bit to get to that realization, but she didn't want what happened to her to happen to someone else 
in the caravan, you know, another kid surviving an incident like this and maybe going through what she went through. She didn't want that to happen. And she knew that she had at least a chance to do something this time. Yeah. I didn't think of that at all. Yeah. Oh, man. Man, if that scene had been written into her thought process, her imagining some kid basically becoming Chang-Chi because of the only one who survives the fire... Ugh. I think yeah. this would have completely broken us all. I think that yeah. would be completely. <laughs> oh man, that would have because at that point, if she would have saved Polyam, that's exactly what Polyam would have been because of the fact that that's the only person she's had any kind of connection with. If she were to try and save her, that would be what Polyam yeah. would be, and. Already the lowest of the low, the next going down would be Chongxi for her. The Trader Council probably would have said, yeah, you know, you interacted with her, so her bad luck rubbed off on you. And the fact that the two of you were there, that's why this happened. Yeah. The yellow paint didn't work for you. Yeah. Oh, man. Can we also take a moment, because we forgot to in the last chapter, to acknowledge that Polyam is the daughter of the Gilav, the leader of the caravan? Yeah. Because that doesn't get mentioned until chapter 11. Yeah. I don't really know where I'm going with this, but... I know where you could go with this. She's, like, literally... I won't say the princess, but she's, like, the chief person in charge's daughter, and they still treat her that way. That's something that I feel is very, I don't know, maybe telling about their, their traditions. It's rough. Even if you are related to someone in a position of power, their traditions override that. Like yeah. you, you can still be treated like crap, regardless of what position you or your family may be in. Any yeah. any slight minor stroke of uh, misfortune and you're all the way at the bottom. Yeah. And I guess that's the same with Daja, too. It's another thing that Polyam and Daja have in common, because I believe Daja's mother was the leader of their group. So, yeah. She was shipping. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. 
juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah. That plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Part two is reading like a dedicate. This is where we look for a theme or a message from the chapter. What theme or message did y'all find in this chapter? That kind of touched on mine, which is that rebirth, because there definitely is a lot of symbolism throughout that entire thing. Also, actions having consequences. You see it most prominently when Daja saves the caravan. But the other one that I have highlighted is where the other three are like, shit-talking traitors and Daja's like, listen, you could have just asked. The rebirth is definitely towards the end of the chapter when she saves everyone and therefore is thrust back into the traitor community in literally seconds. But also the actions having consequences because there's a lot of that kind of sprinkled throughout because Daja made the decision to save the caravan she wound up with the consequence of now she has a decision to make that's one of the things I really like about Pierce and her writing I feel like she does a really good job with actions and consequences and actions having consequences for example when we did our recap of Chris's book I almost asked you guys if you thought Amory got what he deserves. And I didn't because I realized that it, for these books, what you deserve doesn't really come into it. It's just that actions have consequences. So whether or not he got what he deserved, his actions had consequences. And the same could be said for Yaren in the last chapter. You can argue how bad or how good he was and whether or not he deserved to die. But in the end, it doesn't come down to that. It comes down to he did things and those actions had consequences. And that is why he died. I think that's one of the reasons I really like her writing is that desserts don't come into it. And you have kind of a sense of it in the sense of the good actions tend to have better consequences, bad actions tend to have worse consequences. The people who we like tend to end up okay, but it's messy because it's not just you get what you deserve. Yeah. I'm sorry, I have lots of feelings. No, I mean, and if you punch a kid, you deserve to explode. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, see, here's the thing. I don't feel like Amory got what he deserved. I feel like he deserved something better because I would have liked to see something happened where he had the chance to redeem himself and he never got that chance. But 
it doesn't matter because his actions had consequences. He worked with pirates and he paid the price for doing that. Yeah. And same with Yarin. Yarin's a dickwad, but did he deserve to die? Uh, probably not. But that doesn't change the fact that the things that he did, like not accepting help from people and not listening to people who knew about plants and knew why fires sometimes need to happen, led to his death. Of course, in his case, we can see that it's not just his actions, it's also his father's actions. Because they say that there hasn't been a forest fire in like 30 years. I, anyway, get the impression that his father was part of that as well. That it wasn't just the last 30 years of Yarin preventing the forest fires. That his father was also preventing the forest fires. Together, they led to this. Yeah. And over-reliance on magic, too. Yeah. And the earthquake in the first book. You can dicker all day about whether or not the guy who thought that he could stop the earthquake by trapping it in a crystal uh, deserved to die or not. But there are certainly people who got killed in that earthquake that didn't. It's not about desserts. It's not about what they deserved or didn't deserve. It's just that this person did a thing. And because of that, there was a cause and effect. I, I like that quality to her writing because it's realistic and it's relatable. It's this is the way the world works. But in a sense, it, that's what makes it even better is that instead of getting fed some black and white good and evil fairy tale, we're getting told, hey, this is the way the world works. And you got to think about what you do because things might happen that you don't expect. And what you do could affect other people. So yeah, it's not it's not preachy about your morality. Right. It's just like you said, it's just cause and effect. The theme that I found was empathy because Daja looks at this trader caravan and she sees her family. And we talked before about the possibility of her considering, well, somebody in this caravan could end up being like me and being trunchy. That would be awful. She sees herself and her family there, and it's that empathy that leads her to try and save them but also briar with rosethorn and he knows that rosethorn's upset he knows why she's upset and he is empathizing with her and that's why he wants to help and lark with briar knows exactly what's going on in his head and why he's done what he's done but she also knows why rosethorn's taking her actions it's her empathy that allows her to offer him some comfort as well as to help rosethorn polyam with daja before Daja tries to save the caravan, when she's trying to decide, and Polyam comes up to her and says, you have no reason to save us. We've been nothing but assholes to you. That She already kind of knows what's going on in Daja's head. And then I wrote, Nico Frostpine at all with Daja. I think this is because there's a moment where she's thinking about, if I chose not to save them, they wouldn't criticize me for it. And I think they even tell her, like, this is up to you and we'll back you either way because they know that what she's going to do is really dangerous. If she is going to try and save them, she could die in the process. Everybody knows this. At that moment, if she said, no, I don't want to risk my life that way, they will back her up and say that is a legitimate decision to protect yourself. The way that they're all like, we are here we will support you. And if you want to do this, we will help you if we can. If you choose not to, then we will not criticize. I actually had a tough time coming up with a name for this theme. Didn't know quite how to word it, but uh, I just said learning from the past. Kind of hits on two of the sections that you were talking about, Molly. 
nostalgia. I, this is how I saw it. Probably didn't want someone else to go through what happened with her when she lost her family. So she decided to protect the caravan. She knows what tragedy feels like and doesn't want an entire other group of families to go through the same thing she did. So she's trying her best to protect them. And when Briar tried to protect Rose Thorn from being hurt, he knows exactly what happened before in a similar situation during the pirate attack. When the pirates attacked, he failed back then, but this time he was going to, he recognized that Rose Thorn was kind of in this mood. She was going to try to do something crazy to help. And he wanted to do something this time, try to prevent it. it. It didn't quite work out again, but he recognized it and tried to take action for that. Gilav Shandrisa, she recognized that a Trankshi saved her caravan and is going to speak to the council to restore Daja as a member of the Saha. She's aware that there is a way to get Trangshi back into the people, but it appears that she's going to do her best to make that happen. She's learning from the past and just trying to do better in the future, I guess. The theme I found, I feel like ties in with y'all's. Mine is protection. There's a lot of protection within this chapter. At the very beginning, Briar is wanting to protect Rosethorn. And then in turn, Rose Thorn protects Briar by telling him no and bitch slapping him, I guess. <laughs> so her protection, I guess. Lark protects Rose Thorn by giving her some of her power. The traitor children are protected by hiding under the vehicles. The men and teenagers guard the animals so they don't jump into the fire, though some of them did. But most of them didn't, so they protected the animals. Daja's friends and their teachers helped protect Daja and help her with all her fire stuff. Daja protects the caravan by putting out said fires. Triss protects Daja by keeping her in the world of living. So just a lot of protection throughout. <laughs> Part three is reading like a mage. This is where we use the text to craft magic in our own lives. What magic were you able to craft out of this chapter? Help others even when they don't deserve it. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Because I don't do that. They wrong me and I'm like, fuck you. You fucked me over. I am done with you. I am not talking to you anymore. I'm not doing nothing for you. I ain't got nothing for you. And I carry on. I feel like I should help people more, even if they are assholes. That's basically mine as well. I wrote Daja's empathy, and then I crossed out empathy and put Daja's choice. And I wrote, this chapter basically sums up my greatest wish for myself in life. So basically, I want to be the kind of person who helps people whether or not they have helped me, whether or not they have hurt me. Brittany's reading my book right now. And that I think is honestly part of the reason that Matt is such a big character in that book, because that's kind of his personality. Um, I love Matt. He's my baby. Protect him with my life. The whole idea is that he has grown up in a culture that that is sort of their cornerstone Mm -hmm. of help everyone, no matter who they are. I got something completely different. (laughs) It definitely also kind of relates. It's that jealousy of someone else being able to offer something that I'm not. 
I am definitely one of those people. I pride myself on being able to be there for others in those moments when they desperately need it. I'm not always good at it. I do try and be there and support people who need it or help people who who need it, especially my own. And I do get kind of uppity when other people are capable of doing the things I'm not. I have an aversion to being touched. I do not like being touched. And part of that is because I have such a capacity of emotion that physical contact with someone else, it solidifies kind of that feeling that the other person is having. And I get overwhelmed really easy. I don't do touching. It just book people. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Definitely right now with quarantine happening, like this is good for me. I don't have to touch you. I'm not supposed to touch you. So get away from me. But with Sarah and I both having the possibility of being infected, Sarah is feeling super alone and she wants that compression, that being touched, that physical connection. And I'm not capable of doing that on a good day, much less in a situation like this, where if one of us tests positive and one of us tests negative, then we have a problem. Something I have to learn is sometimes what I have to offer isn't enough or isn't the thing that is needed the most. Sarah and I, because of the fact that we're both staying isolated in our rooms, we'll call each other and just talk from the other room, which is good for me, but not great for her so I have to remember that sometimes I'm not enough but not in a negative sense I'm definitely seeing a connection to Briar here go figure in Briar's case the reason that Rosethorn magically bitch slaps him is because even though he can offer help it will hurt him she doesn't want him hurt in the process I think that's something that you also have to remember when you are helping people is you have to take into account, could this hurt you? And are you willing to go through that? Because I think we see the same thing with Daja. With Briar, he's just not even thinking of whether or not it will hurt him or if he cares. With Daja, she she considers that. She knows that trying to put out this fire could kill her. This is something dangerous. But she decides that she's willing to take that risk. But I think sometimes it's not worth it. Sometimes you look at somebody and you say, I can do this for you, but that's actually going to be bad for me. And yeah, your self-care comes before other people's needs and wants. You have to take care of yourself in order to be able to help others. Which is what Lark and Rosethorn are trying to teach Briar. Yes. It's still really like, it, it stings. Yeah. Because when you aren't capable of helping or someone doesn't accept your help, but accepts it from other people, like it just... Yeah. <laughs> it, that's, that's definitely one of those frustrations I have. And... 
part of that is just me in general. And it goes back to the touching thing. Like I know that people need that physical connection and I just can't. It makes my skin crawl when people touch me. That said, there are certain people where it's okay or certain instances where it's okay. But a lot of people who I'm around go, hey, is it cool if I give you a hug? That's a huge thing that Sister Gaia does. She's like, can I have a hug or do you want one? Yeah. that That's a huge thing to me because I just don't like being touched. People have germs and they're gross and yuck. I don't like people... Ugh. I don't a, like people. As a person, I can confirm that we have germs on us. Yes. <laughs> I just, people gross me out. If I can say that, people are just, uh, like, ugh. I I like my own germs. I don't need somebody else's. This is the reason why I say I'm perfectly content to live alone with my 12 cats. Means I don't have to touch somebody. Crazy cat lady is in a number of cats state of mind. <laughs> so my personal magic is really similar to Brittany's. Briar being jealous of Rose Thorn getting help. You need to let people get help from who can help best. Like that's just yeah. as much as you'd like to do or as much as I'd like to do everything I can to help people. Like you just can't do it all. There's just times when you can't do it or it's something that you're not comfortable with or it's just something that you can't do well. You got to let someone else take over and not feel jealous or bad about it. As long as that person that you care about is getting help, it doesn't matter where it comes from. Let other people take over. This is an excerpt from chapter 13 of Dasha's book. Yeah. After the first day, Daja knew that her left hand was not hurt as badly as she had feared. It was sore, but only that. It did itch as if the brass were a scab over a healing wound. As the nights got chilly, she found that it ached in the cold. She began to long for the warmth of southern Emelon. At the very first opportunity, their teacher sat her down to examine her hand. Nico and Frostpine poured spells on the brass to discover its nature. Nothing seemed to affect it or to change its mild clasp on her flesh. She was able to peel some off, like old skin. More remained on her palm and on the back of her hand, with three strips passing between her fingers to connect them. The metal that she didn't peel away grew back loosely, so she kept pulling off what she could. When she left the peeled-off bits in a metal bowl, they merged like molten brass. If you put a strip of that on her wrist, it lengthened until its ends touched, forming a wristband that she could peel off like wax. It might go away eventually, Nico said, when they could think of nothing else to try in her hand. I can't say for sure, much as I hate to admit it. Daja shrugged and tucked the brass-covered hand into her tunic pocket. At least it doesn't hurt. We should announce that we're going to have another giveaway box. Yeah! Yeah! Look out on our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever else we are. All of our social medias. Yes. Search for Reading Circle Temple, and we will tell you 
how to be entered into the raffle to get your very own sacred reading kit. This means I have to work on Briar's tea. Reading Circle Temple is produced by us, Molly, Brittany, Indy, and Goodwin. If you like listening, tell your friends about us. If you don't like listening, tell your enemies. Please tell us what you think of the Circle of Magic by emailing us at templeofreadingcircle at gmail.com or join our Reading Circle Temple Facebook group. You can find more of Reading Circle Temple at readingcircletemple.com or find Reading Circle Temple on Tumblr. And thanks to Yellow is for Happy for our artwork. You can find more of their artwork on Tumblr at Yellow is for Happy Draws or on Instagram at Shannon and Draws. Also, thanks to Britain's brother, Thomas Dick, for our theme music. You can find more of his music by following Thomas Dick on SoundCloud. Thanks to Tamara Pierce for writing The Circle of Magic. And thanks to you for listening. Let's all have coffee next week. give you a Heimlich over Zoom. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM.